we can handle it. It is times like these. I miss Zach, but I know I tried to get him. I tried, but he says, yeah, we busy. need, we need Zach for this. episode. I know <laughs> I tried to fucking get him, dude. He's too busy. Apparently our Democrat friend is too busy. Our Democrat friend is more left than us. <laughs> If he doesn't show up on, if he doesn't come back here, we're just going to have to continue to call him our Democrat friend. Yeah. Yep. On the, on the air, on the air. That's a, that's a threat. This is on the cold no. open because we need to shoot some shots. If we're going to get him back on the podcast, he's got to know how we feel no. right now. I, he's not, I guarantee you he's not. not listening. I guarantee you he's not listening to this. <laughs> yeah, for real. Let's go. I Let's think, start. I think we're ready. Let's fucking do I think this. I'm, war- I'm warmed up. Yeah. We're warm. We're hot and we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, welcome back to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. Uh, this is me, Benjamin, and we've also got Ricky and Alex and Matthias. Uh, what's today? Today is. It's the 19th. It's Wednesday, the 19th. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, so, has anyone been watching the Democratic National Convention? Nope. nope. That's a joke, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I tuned in for a, a couple minutes, like about an hour ago, and I had to turn it off because I just I I couldn't fucking stand it. it but it was like watching it for those couple minutes was really fucking weird. Um, because obviously, you know, it's a virtual convention, but like so many of the segments that they're playing for this are so, you know, they're very produced, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of music and like cutaways and it really just feels like you're watching like a parade of fucking commercials. It's so weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, my parents, um, are watching it like every night and so i have been hearing some of it and it's making me want to (laughs) do horrible things (laughs) i feel like i'm in guantanamo bay being tortured (laughs) that's a a a good undercurrent a good theme for our our discussion this evening Uh, i mean at least bill crystal wasn't invited (laughs) (laughs) The, the only person oh my god yeah I mean, they're not done yet, right? There's still time. That's yeah, true. That's, no, that's they true. could they could do a last minute um, shake up, <laughs> like they did by I mean, adding Colin Powell. Right, they oh. did. Right. All right, all right. I want no. I want to talk about this because I want to get into the Epstein shit because there's Epstein shit here, right? So there is. I mean, yeah, right. There, there, Bill Clinton spoke last night. Yeah, but from what uh, I've been okay. reading is that they really, they sidelined him. Like Bill Clinton was going to, this was going to be like the year of Bill Clinton or whatever. They were going to really push him. <laughs> and then this weekend, this was, the, this was the Democrats. The Republicans had their dudes rock election with Donald Trump. Sure. The, and actually every, yeah. like, I mean, every yeah. Republican like, yeah. election is like, yeah, that's yeah. always dudes rock. It's the dudes rock is not dudes rock. But that being said, yeah. like this was this was the Democrats' chance at dudes rock. Yeah, and they wanted Bill Clinton to be like front and center. But, but hold he, up, he rocked too hard. Yeah, hold I up. mean, <laughs> there I mean, was a new picture released right yeah. then, right then, like of like Bill Clinton with 
one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Right. So, so that's is, creepy as fuck. This is in one. I don't actually remember what's going on, but like, or the time, I don't remember if the timing is like coincidental or if someone just leaked it for sabotage. Not that any of this is news, right? Like going to like the DNC was very aware that um, Bill Clinton is on the flight logs or whatever, but the picture had to do with that. What was it? 2003 trip to Africa. Right. Um, and the, the oh, photograph like was Kevin Spacey and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And the photograph was of one awesome. of the accusers giving Bill Clinton a massage. Um, even though this particular accuser has, I believe, I'm not really sure my details get mixed up because you know you like kind of black out a little when you read this shit but um this particular accuser i believe is not accusing bill clinton of doing anything except being there to her in her case right um but he there's just this photo right before he's scheduled to speak at the dnc of him getting a massage from this like obviously 15 year old girl um and they're so they sidelined him, right? So they needed to re- hype somebody else up is the way that I'm interpreting what happened this week, right? They needed to find some other people to beef up this. Uh, and they chose the Republicans. That's why they really yeah. like, and they were invited beforehand though. So, oh, I mean, yeah, he might be. Well, maybe. Yeah. But I, I feel like, I mean, it seems like choosing Colin. They kind of switched like the times and stuff. I mean, they're, they're handing us a choice right like we have to either be mad about the war in iraq or jeffrey epstein like that's that's the choice that we're given right now so is like bill clinton supposed to look good compared to colin powell or yeah barack obama's on the uh dnc stage right now going uh let me be clear jaseline maxwell's gonna spill the beans (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be fine guys I uh, I saw a meme going around. <laughs> I saw a meme going around uh, showing uh, George W. Bush as the keynote speaker on one of the nights, <laughs> and like I honestly thought it was real for a second. Yeah, give it, <laughs> yeah, give it like twelve years tops. Twelve, honestly. yeah, no, yeah, it's twenty 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 four. Yeah, um, I think they're going to run him again. <laughs> In twenty, the uh, Democrats yeah. are going to run him in twenty twenty four. That's they'll my be point. like, well, actually, you can only serve two terms under one party. Yeah, yeah. Well, after that, Trump will have gotten rid of term limits, right? Mm-hmm. Conveniently for George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the, the, the Bush party. dynasty can finally ascend, like one of the uh, warring factions of electors <laughs> in the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> You know, Wonderful. I was talking. I was I was talking to Zach um, before mm. we started taping, because, uh, like I said, I was trying to get him on this episode, but he's Mm-mm. he's too busy. And he um, he was saying that he thinks that COVID forcing the forcing the convention to be virtual is uh, might set some sort of precedent for the future, where they might have uh, virtual conventions to uh, to sort of like circumvent protesters, mm-hmm. because um, you know, with the with this being a virtual convention, uh, you have like a tiny handful of people controlling everything that can be seen and heard. Whereas, yeah. like four years ago. Uh, there were a lot of people protesting. I, I was there in Philly four years ago. Um, and you even had people protesting inside the convention halls. People, uh, Zach was telling me him mm-hmm. and a bunch of his, uh, his other fellow Bernie delegates were booing Bernie when, um, when he formally endorsed, uh, Hillary Clinton on the stage. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, so, um, and that's what they're doing to courts right now, right? Mm-hmm. 
there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quartz, quartz. I was, and I was in some YouTube stream court today. That was great. That's actually insane. But yeah, quartz and like also like work is something I'm really like concerned about. Like, mm. Oh, you know, they're just going to, that your employer is like going to just make you work from home. Like I'm just very concerned about like, you know, being able to separate home life and work yeah, life. Yeah, they're gonna start fucking putting cameras in my exactly, in my exactly. One like no fucking way. And yeah. like, so I'm very concerned about that. Very concerned about like this new court stuff. I'm less concerned about like you know them making the DNC or like you know political conventions virtual because like half the reason that they do this stuff is to like give a bunch of money to their friends in every yeah. city a few years. Yeah. I mean, nobody would even care about the DNC or about the convention if it wasn't getting protested. Like, that's the only interesting news that ever comes out of it. Right. And you got to think about, like, in normal circumstances, right? Like, businesses get a bump from it. Like, you know, like, there's there's, there's definitely a financial interest. There, of, yeah, of it's us like going it's, to Milwaukee and sure. rioting and then bought, shopping from local bars. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, it's not just like the it's protesters, right? It's local economy. It's not just the protesters, right? It's also the people mm-hmm. attending the fucking convention, right? So it's like, and there's a lot of fucking rich people that attend those conventions, and there's a lot of fucking people that go to the department stores and all that shit, and that's what they want. That's what they need. You know, you know what? So. You know what it's gonna be. You know what it's gonna be. It's gonna be like partially streamed online, maybe. But I think they're just gonna give it up and hold the whole convention at Little St. James. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I, could, I could only, I could only barely get that one all the way out. <laughs> what are you drinking you tonight, Ricky? Oh, okay. What's all that? So it's, it's a tiny bottle of rosé. You missed the whole saga of me trying to open this rosé. So tiny bottle of rosé that looks like a beer. So I could drink it and look normal but it felt mm-hmm. wrong. And the cap, it has a twist off cap, but it has this like whole plastic fake covering to make it look like a cork. And but you thought it was a cork. Yeah. I was really confused. I was like, how do you peel this off? Which is cool. Cause I, that can, is re- so funny. I can put the cap back on, but I'm sorry. I missed plastic that. Waste. Look at this fucking plastic waste. Yeah. That's a lot it of plastic. Is, waste. Awesome. You look very classy though. In the, with that glass. <laughs> yeah. I'm you drinking do. it out of a, out of a, like a brandy glass or a, like a coup. Yeah. It's A, wasteful, and B, just aesthetically tacky as fuck. Okay, wait. I want to get back to this wor- distance uh, conference thing because Alex put an idea in my head that had not that I had not thought of before, which is that if they're making DNC, the conventions, the DNC be on Zoom or YouTube to quell protest, maybe they want us to work from home so that we don't unionize. Exactly. No, no, that's 100% it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm already, I'm already make it more difficult. It no, yeah, no, like difficult. that's, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I'm two steps ahead of you, Ricky. That's why I'm so fucking like worried about this shit. All right. Mm-hmm. It's because they just want to alienate people more and more and more. Yeah. Like the only reason you have to well, leave had, your fucking house is for supplies. I hadn't thought of it because I'm already in a union. So I got it kind of made. Yeah. I would. No, I'm just God. kidding. Working what, from home what, sucks. It's literally the worst thing in the entire world. But at least you're in a union and yeah, at least you got some representation. I'm in, I'm in a, yeah. I have some representation and no power, but you know, Hashtag yeah. representation. I, I'm trying to get some representation and some other fucking power. Yeah. This. If nothing else, I have to say per Alex's point, as he always brings up that, um, social or sociality matters and that the homies matter and all of that. Um, my union has no power, but I really enjoy doing shit with other members of my union and being unionist together. So that is yeah. nice. For sure. That's dudes it's also fun to lose together. As we all know, everybody on the left knows that there's something really like 
powerful about losing with one another all the all the fucking time Brings yeah. i mean that's what made uh for, for me at least that's what made the uh 2016 dnc uh quite an experience it's just the feeling party. of the feeling of collective uh outrage and grief you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but getting back to the DNC, uh, this thing that we all fucking despise, uh, did you guys see that tweet from NBC uh, about AOC, um, mm. where they mm. said, in one of the shortest speeches of the DNC, Representative Ocasio-Cortez did not endorse by Joe Biden, quote, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America, uh, which AOC and a lot of other people... Um, push back on saying that, uh, you know, obviously, uh, NBC was being very fucking misleading, trying to make it seem like, uh, AOC was refusing to endorse Joe Biden and instead is trying to, is trying to make Bernie Sanders the nominee somehow. <laughs> yeah, ex- explain what it, can you explain for those of us who, um, were truant during civics class? Like what actually is it that she did? Like, So because of the convention rules, because Bernie Sanders still has uh, delegates that he won throughout the process um, and he wants I I, okay, so I'm not an expert on this either. But from what I understand, uh, he wants to transfer those delegates to Biden. But in order to do so, he needs to be formally nominated on the convention floor. And so what, what what happened was, I believe. Talib nominated him, or I can't remember who 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 actually nominated him, but then uh, AOC seconded the nomination. Um, but this, it's all just a formality, really. Was it? Right. Was it? Um, it was some old white guy. <laughs> was it uh, the yeah. other guy that sponsored the Green New Deal? Uh, I don't remember. I, I, I mean, I didn't watch it and I didn't really read about it, but I remember that four years ago, I think he was yeah, nominated. I think it was Ed Markey. Okay. Oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Who is currently fighting for a seat against, uh, Joe Kennedy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's the guy that Joe Kennedy is challenging. Fuck him. Yeah. It's exactly oh my like, God. it's a, it's like a dumber <laughs> micro version of the, of the Sanders saga. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're this fucking, we're this fucking Kennedy. So Kennedy is like, would you really vote for an old white Jewish just, man? Just put this guy behind the wheel. Really, like Jewish. I think they're both Irish. Um, really, like, I can finish this really. Yeah, quickly. I think he's, he's. I don't. I don't think he's yeah, Jewish either. Yeah, but the Kennedys Irish. are basically like this old Jewish man. Like, just you know. <laughs> no, but it is okay. it is like actually hilarious how like Kennedy is like trying to do the same thing like Markley's supporters are bullying me online and I just can't take it anymore. I hope he drives off a bridge. Have we uh have we assigned Kennedy an emoji yet? Is that is that a thing? I don't think so, no. He's not worth it. He's <laughs> no. he's, he's not like worth a- it, honestly. I think he's gonna lose. I hear that he's trending downward right now. Good. Can we ask our our listeners to come up with a good emoji? Like something something with a really good like inbred Kennedy flavor would be nice. <laughs> and like I mean, weirdly deformed three leaf clover. Oh, I mean the the when you think about it, the four leaf clover. Okay, all right, we're gonna move on for that. This is like <laughs> this is the kind of race science that we're doing. I think. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Okay, let, let's put a pin in this for now. Um, did you uh, 
So apparently, uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, our beloved orb queen, uh, has been going off on the timeline. Um, we love to hear about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, she she was tweeting about uh, the she was tweeting about watching the DNC, where she said something about it being like a. Oh yeah, she said it's like binge watching a Marriott commercial. Um, very similar to what I said earlier, but um, <laughs> uh, I guess she was uh, she was having a Twitter exchange with Brianna Joy Gray where she uh, she said uh, truly would love to hear about policy. Did I miss she, it? She used her arm to listen to you say that line, dude. In the future, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh william said williamson said he didn't miss anything beautiful pictures of people of color and reference to black lives matter uh but no actual policy on how to end systemic racism um touching homage to covid victims and responders but no actual policy on providing universal health care no policy period except for bernie listen this is the kind of the I know that we've made this joke many times before, but I saw this and I just had like this in- intense realization that she would have won so fucking handily against Donald Trump. Like if we had just given up and been like, just fuck it, dudes rock, run Marianne, right? Like she would have won without anything, right? Like we wouldn't have had any of this. Pro- like she would destroy Donald Trump. I've never believed anything about politics more strongly than I believe that Marianne would have won so easily. I mean, if Stormy Daniels taught us anything, is that like a, a beautiful woman is Donald Trump's kryptonite? He just like, he can't like, you know, do has, anything about has it. Has he made any, this is a dumb question. Has he made any comments about Marianne's appearance? Cause if no, no, then she's, so. that's extreme evidence of her power, right? Yeah. There's something going yeah. on there. We fucked up. We she, fucked has up. Not, we, she has not been compared to a dog. We honestly, even as Bernie volunteers, we fucked up. We should have just run with her like immediately and just like ended that whole thing. We fucked up. I mean, she did like, she did waffle on like Medicare for all. She kind of, but like, yeah, she did kind of no, like go back on that. We pushed her left. She, we pushed her we left. We pushed her left. We did. Yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah. No, but she's like, someone thing, who you could legitimately push left. No, for sure. For sure. But you know, like the thing that I find like a little annoying is that like, I'm not totally against third party. But, like, you got to do it the right fucking way. And the right fucking way is, like, you got to do it state by state, you know? All right, all right. You got to build up. You got to build up a party. And, like, you can do it all at once, but that would be really fucking tough. And you'd have to have a national structure that's very committed to that. Let's back it up. What are we talking about now? Let's back it up. All right. So, hypothetically. I'm sorry. Hang hang on a second. Let Ben Ben explain it. Hang on a second. Well, firstly, I just wanted to ask Ricky, should we start selling t-shirts that have Marianne Williamson's face on it that say hindsight is 2024? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I would buy that. I would buy buy that shirt out of your car. (laughs) 2024 is better than 2020. Uh, Marianne Williamson is apparently going to be taking part in the people's convention. Uh, at the end of this month, I believe that's happening on August 30th, which is an event being put on by this group called Movement for a People's Party, and they want to start a third party. So, um, I mean, we here we are again. 
uh, just like we are every four years, uh, embroiled in another debate over the um, over plans to support or start building a third party. Um, have you guys heard about this at all? This uh, movement for a people's party. When you sent us this article this afternoon, oh, <laughs> that's when I heard about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is this is my first time learning about it as well. They actually have a uh, what is this? Uh, an eight step, like an uh, eight step plan for doing this. And I, uh, all right, lay it out to me. Let me let me judge this. Let me see right. if I find it okay. Okay. So step one: inspire and empower. Change hearts and minds. All right, no, well, done, hold done, up, hold done. up, pause it, pause it. Stupid as fuck. No. Stupid as fuck. I don't care about inspiration. No. You Hank, have to fuck. Next. No, you have to build power and you have to do the oh procedural bullshit. Oh. That's what you have to do. You have to collect. This is step Alex, one, Alex. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. Alex, we already step accomplished two. inspiration. It's Marianne okay. for fuck's exactly, sake. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. So inspire and empower. Next one. Change. No, no, no. Change hearts and minds. Unify around a revolutionary progressive platform. Activate people to build a mass movement. That's step one. Step two. Network the coalition. <laughs> Organize no, around progressive like issues. Okay, no, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. You do not start by building a mass movement. That shit does not happen out of nowhere. You have they to should, fucking do just, the work. They should have just said, like, step one, Ber Bernie built a list for us. God, like, that's, that's what is meant by it. that. Okay. Oh, my God. We have you, all these numbers to you, text, you guys, right? You guys got to let me finish reading each step before you fucking... <laughs> It okay. Got, step one got worse somehow. Uh, okay, so step two: network the coalition, Christ. organize around progressive issues and initiatives with allied groups to network the movement, Ew. unions, and organizations into a coalition. That's no. step two. Screw allied groups. Mm -hmm. Strength of the party. They're all our enemies, or they're with us. Fuck them. Don't Alex listen right. to them. Alex is right. He's right. Okay. okay. Go on. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm just trying to get through this list. Uh, step three: partner with independents and labor. Partner with and endorse independent candidates to be leaders and forming a new party. I really can. I, I don't mind exactly that. that. That's means. fine. Fine. Okay. Um, partner with labor. Labor should be your party, or else it's not going to work. Right. Exactly. That's true. Uh, step four: attracts the best. Uh, <laughs> Attract stellar independence and pull and pull <laughs> pull progressive organizations and and influencers out of the Democratic Party into oh a party that truly supports them. Yo, I'm I'm a thought leader now. Yeah, I'm not mad about this at all. A, a <laughs> party led by influencers, dude. Let's get influencers. Wait, this might be all right. Listen. If I get to like, if they're gonna choose me to like be in the party, like, fine. Yeah, <laughs> we're listening. <laughs> Go Alex on, is, Alex will run unopposed for chair of the party. Um, step <laughs> step five, uh, build. And it would be good. <laughs> step five is build state by state, launch state parties in the most progressive and independent states. Uh, okay, that's that's um, next. Isn't that isn't that what you just said, Alex? Is that it has to be done, you know, state by state? Yeah. Yeah, but that's incredible that it's like step 16. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, what, dude, like, what the fuck? Well, after after we've built, built this state by state, step six is to run candidates. Run inspiring yeah. candidates and build a bench cool, of elected yes. officials. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, step seven. Uh, network the states. Uh, network our state parties oh, into God. a nationally viable people's <laughs> what? party. What? Did, uh, These I, are just like corporate buzzwords in each step. Like that's what this is. Use of the word network here yeah, is yeah. very I annoying agree. and like doesn't really need to be deployed in the way that they're using. I it. mean, I mean, what they're talking yeah. about is like it's like almost that like uh, popular vote pact that the states are starting to do. That's kind of not working between states. I think that's what they're talking about. <laughs> can you about. explain what that is? So yeah, so basically, what's going on is is that people are like pissed off about the electoral college because it's some bullshit and. You know, basically, they're like, all right, well, uh, we're going to pass a law in this state, in our constitution, that says, uh, yeah, the popular vote, all our electoral votes go to the popular vote winner. It doesn't matter what happens in our state. Mm, interesting. Okay. That sounds, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the utility of that long term, but I think that's an interesting tactic. So are you guys ready for step eight? Oh God, I thought you did all eight of them. No, 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 that was seven. Step eight. Okay. Step eight is political revolution. Wipe away the old system (laughs) and bring the people's platform to life. Okay, yep, so that's just I, gonna happen uh, out of nowhere. It's no. gonna be brought to life like Frankenstein's monster. That's not the goal. That's okay. not the goal. That's a step in itself. Incredible bullshit. Incredible. Think, okay, so I want to. I do want to bring this forward to just a discussion of this third party. But I think it's interesting. I think I think it's remarkable how much this actually really does draw from the Bernie strategy, although in like a really like, um like nexium cult sounding ass like corporate (laughs) language which is good for marianne like i'm not mad about i'm really not that mad about it um i hate coalition way more than i hate networking actually this is all right Um, all right marianne is just like there this is their pull like these like nerds who are like part of this project Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. marianne like was like all right i like you nerds it's fine you're the yeah. nerds i'm choosing and to she do can make it, like she this can make it work i it mm-hmm. is to me it sounds a lot like what's going on here and this is how it was kind of framed in the article i think in the article that ben sent us was that you know bernie is making a political decision not to do this right not to not i mean he's participating in this i guess but he's he seems to have made the decision not to do this right so people are picking up the mechanisms of of the bernie project or whatever and trying to actually see if this could work because people have been calling from this from the beginning right um it just isn't going to happen with bernie so to the way that the article you shared like kind of framed it was that um this is supposed to show that there for the first time could be a real draw to a third party if if the third party laid it out in a way that made sense to the people who composed the bernie thing or whatever right um and i don't know that they're doing that effectively but um i think it does like if you look at those laid out, it really does seem true that there are enough candidates that could, if they could convince them to do this, there are enough candidates that could get enough votes. I think at least um, in lower races, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, also, that, that's I don't think I don't think uh, it's clear that Williamson is going to have a any kind of leadership position in this party. Mm-hmm. It's just this article is just talking about how she is going to be speaking at this convention. Which I'm assuming like, is a virtual convention. Can we go to that? Can we? Can we get on this? We could probably find a way. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, really do it. She's we also been joined by Mike Gravel. Um, yeah. 
and Nina Turner and Cornell West. See, that's what that's kind of what I mean, right? So this is supposed to be that uh, very cool proper noun political revolution I was told about by you guys, Bernies. Um, you know, and it, it's, some of those things actually sounded a little bit like the DSA platforms. I was late to the electoral. game. I, I'm actually fine with saying it now. Like I'm not embarrassed and saying it anymore because it was all bullshit to begin with. I was late to Bernie. I was pretty late, but I mean, I... like I was like, I preferred Bernie to Hillary, but I wasn't like intense Bernie. I like, I was just like, Hillary's going to win. That's all. I was too cool. For, I've said this before. I think I was too cool for Bern- like I was into it, but I was like, you know, electoral blah blah blah. Right? President. All presidents are bastards or whatever. But I was know, still I, a big nerd at that point. I, I was said, still a big nerd. I said this before, but the reason that I got hard hard behind the reason I got hard behind I went hard for Bernie. I got hard behind Bernie the second time around. He ran a better campaign, right? Like he really did do a better job the second time, and I didn't think that would happen, but he did. Um, and then we still lost, right? So uh, he got me believe, believing for a minute, and we still lost, right? So we got duped. <laughs> we we were we got f- fucked real bad, right? Um. So the you know to state not to do like too many of these postmortems or whatever, but like we believed something we probably shouldn't have believed, <laughs> and now what, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, honestly, it's really fucked because like Bernie could have won. Like if, if Barack Obama, I mean like, no, like really though, like if Barack Obama didn't like call Pete Buttigieg and then A.B. Klobuchar and be like, Hey, you guys need to drop out. And then like, he was always going to do that. Right. That's the point behind. We should have saw it coming. I mean, we were really fucking stupid. We, we should not have ever believed that all they had was the Bernie bro shit. Cause that's what everyone was saying was like, Oh my God, they have nothing on Bernie. There there's nothing they can do that can stop burning. All they have is Bernie bros. All they have is Bernie bros. All they have is Bernie bros. We never Um, thought that Barack Obama would, that would be the man behind the curtain. Basically. I don't know. I thought that they had more than that, but I still believed I, you know, I believed in the vote or whatever. I I really do think that I believed in the vote. I thought that they were going to wait until after super Tuesday. And yeah, at least because of their own self. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. Because of their own like self, like that's what happened with the Republicans, right? There was no figure on the Republican side that was able to politically maneuver everyone dropping out at once so that Donald Trump wouldn't be the nominee. Cause like if they were able to do that in 2016, they might've been able to keep Donald Trump off the ticket. If they were able to do that, if they had a political figure that was powerful enough amongst the party to be able to do that. The, the only thing, person in American politics to do that is Barack Obama right I'm now. I'm not even sure it's about that, right? I think maybe there's more to it, which is that the Democratic candidates are all too weak, right? So the, the issue is not just that Obama is powerful. The issue is that they had thrown out all of these candidates that ha, you know, were not really there for any real reason, right? Like, and we knew that at the time we were like, what are these, all these fucking stupid candidates? Why are we paying attention to Pete Buttigieg, right? Like, and the answer was that that was the plan, right? You just throw out a bunch of totally weak candidates, like everyone in the democratic party until you get to the like scheming war criminals or whatever. It's just this stupid fucking pawn that doesn't mean anything, right? That they just move around. And we really should have fucking saw it coming, right? Because of like, this is the exact same thing they did to Harry Wallace. This is at the Democratic at the DNC, like uh, way back when. 
Henry Wallace. Did I say Henry or Harry? You said Harry. Henry Wallace. So, so what do you think, guys? Is uh, is this convention that's happening on August thirtieth uh, the birth of the Vanguard Party in America? No, but I no, think it's uh, stupid. I think it would. No, I think it's fun to try. I think we should. I think we should. You know what? We were able to. Let's we start were, a new. Let's do a new age party. Listen. Yes. Okay. First of all, yes. But we were all willing to totally debase ourselves and embarrass ourselves and be simp's for Bernard. Let's just give it up and try. Let's try a third party and see what happens. All right. Like, all we right, have no all shame right. left. We humiliated ourselves. <laughs> Look, yeah, I'm in. Look, I'm in. Does CPUSA have like? ballot um do they have ballot access to every state because honestly that's the biggest barrier right like getting ballot access in every state is the prime directive if you really want to start a political party okay like so i'm sorry but like until you have like a plan uh, to where that you can get that done in a like sufficient amount of time like, I'm sorry, it's stupid. Yeah, are they so talking the, 2020 or are they talking 2024? They're talking 2024. Okay, Even right. 2024 That's would be, like, it would really be a ambitious. monumental effort. It would be a monumental yeah. effort. I don't, so we uh, would have to be, we would have to be focused on this completely. We mm, would have to be focused, another, like, uh, seriously. That's the point that I'm trying to make here, is that, right? Like, you gotta fucking... You got to every, every movement starts as a minority. What you got to do is build a base of power, whether, whether that's in one state or like a block of states, you build a base of power and then you grow power. And that's what you do. Any other way of doing it is fucking folly. I'm sorry. If you really want to have a fucking revolution, if you really want to start a third party, that's the way to do it. Well, I don't think a third party is a vanguard party, right? I think we're just looking for a candidate who's going to, not to be like the meme, but who's going to do healthcare or whatever, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I think if that's what's on the table, to be clear, to be clear, when I was at, when I was asking if this is the new vanguard party, I was, I was making a joke. I, I, I do know, right? Like there's a difference between what they're asking us Although, you know what, let, let me put that aside, right? Because I see this, I'm like, this is a good way to get all these fucking candidates that we like, right? Fucking AOC is not a vanguard party, right? Like, none of these people we like. Rashida is not the vanguard, right? But they're useful to us to do things we need to do in the shorter term. And so this yeah. is kind of cool and interesting way to do that. However, but my criticism, no, to, back, to roll back my um, defense of them if you know so we're sitting here being like this isn't a political revolution well bernie said he was doing a fucking political revolution the whole time and some of us of the obnoxious people like me were like that's fucking stupid but a lot of us also obnoxious people like me were also like fine with it right we were fine with it when it was him and he is not any like more revolutionary than anybody else he was just going to give us health right that was the whole of that all right so so hold on hold on Go ahead. Something. There are two examples that I want to bring up, which is one: the Republican Party and its modern, you know, conception was uh, formed from the Whigs. They were a third party. Right. They lost one election, and then the next election in 1860, they got their guy Lincoln in. So it can be, you know, a very short-term thing if there is, you know, like with the Whigs. 
if it is trying to be such a broad tent party that it is, you know, um, attempting to include people whose interests are dialectically or diametrically opposed and dialectically opposed. Mm -hmm. But, um, the other example that I wanted to bring up was Ross Perot's run in 92, because for a while he was polling ahead of Clinton and Bush. That's so, right. you know, if a less crazy person were to run, <laughs> well, less, excuse me, eccentric person were to run, um, a, yeah, a but less those eccentric people, but those person people ran as independents. They didn't run, they didn't run on a party. Lyndon LaRouche didn't run on a party. They're not Lyndon LaRouche. I'm sorry. Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot didn't run on a party. Yeah, he and did. like if you want to start, he, a, what, he created his own party. Yeah, yeah. What was oh, that did called? He? Yeah, the yeah. What the, the fuck? Was that well, did they have ballot access in every state? I don't. I I don't know. He got a lot of votes. What the yeah. fuck was that party called? I can't remember. Um. Well, dude, like. I don't, I'm like I'm just saying, like if you if you can do it, if you can do it, if you well, he, the thing with Ross Perot was just that he was really extremely rich, right? And that see, that I think right. the, the Ross Perot reform party, reform party. There we go. I knew it was like something that sounded like it was from the 1930s or something. So Ross Perot was like really rich, right? So no, I don't have any more things to say about that. That seems to be the, how he pulled it off, right? Is that the lesson that we should be? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I wish I would have. I would have prepared for this. I would have prepared. All right, for this so if I had, no. I mean, like, we probably need a candidate with more charts. Yeah, we we <laughs> that we do. We should run Rachel Maddow. I was gonna do a Nate Ma Silver Maddow's joke, got a lot of charts. Funny. Yeah. Nate Silver yeah, joke. Uh, uh, Maddow, Maddow <laughs> Silver ticket. <laughs> oh my God! God oh. bless us. All right. Okay, okay so. I think Ross Perot, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back next week with some new insights on Ross Perot. I mean, I'm, all right. I, here, here's, Alex. No, I don't have anything else to say. It's okay. Move on. Okay. Yeah. Next, next, next observation on this. I mean, just like, um, you know, I, I just feel like we already have this project started of taking over the democratic party and kind of primarying the Democrats and getting people more on like that side. Like my whole thing is, is like, we can't continue to have like, you know, the left divided in energy on getting uh primarying Democrats and starting a third party and um, doing mutual aid and tenants defense. Right. I mean, just, I and mean, we can do tenants defense. That's something that that's like yeah. a side project. Right. But like I get, or not, not a side no, project. Listen, like, I don't want to do tennis. You know what you, you, either. That's the fucking lawyer's job. It's wasting. No, my but, time. but, but I'm saying we have to prioritize, right? Exactly. Like we want to be able to do tenants union. So, so we have to like, we have to decide, are we going to continue doing like this democratic takeover of the party or are we going to uh, start doing a new party? Like we have to go one way or the other. We can't do both. I'm, I mean, I think we should clarify how the way that you're talking about parties and the way that these people are talking about parties, because you mean something different, right? You mean, right. So, so what, I agree that we should probably just give up trying to do a democratic takeover of the party, but I felt that way four years ago too. And I agree that to a certain extent, a third party is a waste of time. Although I'm going to say it right now, I will vote for it. Whoever they, these assholes run whole, absolutely right. I will be voting for them, but 
there is another sense of party, right, that leftists use um, that begins with what Alex is talking about, which is actual building a base, right? So maybe we should be, and I agree with Alex, I agree with Alex that all of the shit is a distraction from actual yeah, no, we, we, I don't want to say we, movement building because that's a Bernie term now too, right? Actual, actual, what I would say honest, is unionizing, you know? Honestly, it, like one of, honestly, what I think is one of like the soft brain takes <laughs> of like, you know, American politics is if we just didn't have a two party system, everything would yeah. be fine. Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't care so much about how it's a two party system. I care more about how we don't have real fucking political parties with actual memberships. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you what know? Alex and I want is a one party system, right? Exactly. <laughs> what, but like, really, now that you mention it, I feel like when people are like two party system, blah, 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 all, they're the same people who complain about how the election's a fucking spectacle or whatever. Although they probably right. want like regulations on like, fucking tv debates or whatever blah blah but like can you imagine how like when we have this third party which i like am rooting for sort of it's gonna be worse right like it's gonna the the spectacle of all this bullshit is going to be like significantly worse more fun uh, for me awesome. the spectator. yeah oh, it'll but be great much much worse politically right it's gonna be total the a third party for us right now is the total donald trumpification or whatever of of the process which i'm i support entirely i, I think have to say. I think it's a great, I think it's a great move. And when you put it that way, it makes me think of, uh, you know, uh, other countries with multiple parties, um, and how much fun their parliaments are. Yeah. Like in Greece okay. where they fight. Can I step aside and can we talk about Ralph Nader then for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Go off. Uh, that's all I need to say is Ralph Nader. Can I ask y'all like, okay, so I wasn't, at, I didn't have computer access this weekend, so I didn't, why the fuck were people tweeting about Ralph Nader and you guys sending me Ralph Nader references in the group chat? People were saying like a lot of like people were saying that Ralph Nader was the reason why George W. Bush again. Won. So it's just Let's the see. same bullshit, right? Right. Like yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah, so I can. St I'm still capable of being mad about this. Like still to this day, I can get mad about this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Like so. Okay. So let me let me elaborate just in case people are not mad about this still because they're not 31. Uh, the same people who are like. Mm, voting is important and voting access they look at the fucking 2000 election and blame ralph nader for like the mass right voters. exactly like, i'm still mad about that election and i don't like elections like i don't care about democracy and i'm still mad about what happened to democracy in 2000 and people hold up fucking ralph nader who which like i am Okay. It's been proven. That hey, Ricky, who's Ralph Nader? Who is Ralph Nader? Uh, so, okay, no, actually, maybe I should. Maybe we should do a special episode of this. So, I think that Nader's really interesting because he was on the ground, sort of a contemporary to like Mike Gravel. Um, but compared to other things going on right now, we think of Nader as being more leftist, which he never really was. But he was kind of what we would now call a progressive, and. Um, 
you know, he had a, he had a very like pro capitalism kind of, he was actually, you know what, fuck it. In many ways he was Elizabeth Warren in the sixties. Right. Um, I think he's, you know, by far like the most interesting political figure, I think in American history, maybe, but when he you, gives me like an Andrew Yang, Elizabeth Warren yeah, kind of he's vibe. Like certainly better than both of them. In my opinion, he had a huge impact on like good things that we should be grateful for, but it's so interesting that we had someone who was significantly more left than him in many ways at the time. Also like hanging out right now, which is, in gravel is like the best case of that we have a couple bernie's like i think younger than the both of them which is fucking this is insane right um right, bernie's younger than both of them i think um or he comes around a little bit later yes. uh, <laughs> that's so funny but to me that's like really remarkable that we can actually look at the legacy of the both of them not that mike gravel has like the same like not really he didn't do as much as ralph nader did ralph nader was really important but um do, do any of you remember a Maybe I kind of actually, maybe we could do a special episode on this, but, um, okay. Uh, my Lucas has uh, our producer, co-producer Lucas has handed me a note. Um, it looks kind of like a, um, it says, yes, um, Boeing plus us gov killed Nader's niece in 737 crash in Ethiopia as retribution. All right. Uh, <laughs> Okay, that's that's just a note I was handed from a producer. Um, if our audience would like to hear more about that, please tell us to do a special episode on Ralph Nader. I would absolutely love to do that. Ralph Nader and third parties, maybe. That Done. sounds interesting. I'm I'm so sorry. We no, we should do that. Okay, yeah. Um, well, you know, I think that now would be a good time to move on to our final segment, uh, Alex's Fopo Corner. <gasps> So Alex is going to give us the rundown on the happenings with U.S. foreign policy and other global affairs. What's going on right now, Alex? Well, I guess you you want to talk about Lebanon, right? I want to talk about Lebanon. I also want to talk about, um, you know, Donald Trump's negotiation of normalization of relations with Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Right. So I feel like, you know, talking about what's going on in Lebanon is a really, really good way of kind of just kind of, you know, giving the big picture of like why, you know, United States foreign policy is going the way it is. So um, I guess like a good place to start, right, would be uh, just talking a little bit about like Lebanon's structure of government. Um like in short, you know, uh, Lebanon has a structure of government, which is the cookie cutter government that the West wants to impose on Syria and, you know, basically everywhere else. Right. What they want is they want to divide the sects. They want to divide like, you know, Sunni and Shia and, you know, Christians. And they just want to make it so that, you know, all these different people are relying on different sources of like, uh, uh, services to, you know, live their lives, right? So in Lebanon, basically, you have a, you have like a structure of government where it's like the Shia parties control Shia territory and they provide the services in that territory and the Christians have their own territory and their own parties and they control, you know, the services in that territory. And then, like, you know, the Muslims, the Shia, and the Sunni, they have their own kind of, you know, deal going, right? So that's the cookie-cutter, you know, like, structure of the Lebanese government. Um, and uh, 
Yeah. So as you can probably like tell, you know, that kind of government, you know, it's not very cohesive and it's also, you know, very kind of, it, it's also very, uh, you know, susceptible to corruption. Um, you know, the Christians, they are usually like patrons of France and the West. Um, you have the, uh, Sunnis who are, you know, usually the, the Sunni parties are usually patrons to either like Saudi Arabia or, um, Turkey. And then you have the Shia parties like Hezbollah who are usually like, you know, they have like a, they, they, they get support from, uh, Iran. Right. So you have like this system, which is basic. It's been implemented by like, you know, like Sykes-Picot, uh, all going all the way mm. back, like colonial powers, like, you know, the yeah, yeah. mandate system. And, you know, it goes all the way back to that. And it, well, I mean, it actually, it, and you know, the, you know, Lebanon had like a huge civil war, which also like, you know, had like, significant uh like impact on when government right so um when was the lebanese civil war the the lebanese civil war was from 1975 to uh 1990 that is a pretty intense that's a very long period of time yeah and syrian occupation didn't end until 2005 so, um, yeah, like we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, also after or not after, but just a little bit later. Um, okay. So where was I? So I guess now we should talk about, you know, how this big explosion happened. Yeah. All right. Like there was this huge ginormous explosion. Some people are saying that it was the biggest explosion since Hiroshima that the globe has ever seen. Um, yeah, very, very, very scary. Um, I mean, so let's I, talk I about saw, how that happened. Were there were there any videos of the explosion? Because I saw pictures of it. Plenty. It, okay, it left a yeah. giant fucking crater. That was astounding. Yeah, it's it, it like the the shock wave was very intense. It went miles away. It caused tremendous devastation. Over two hundred people are dead. Mm. Um, just really one of the greatest tragedies of the twenty first century for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, how it happened, how did this tragedy happen? Well, one is like corruption and just like the lack of, you know, just general competency of the government, right? Because of how it's structured. And then, so what you have, right, is you have this, ship which is i guess owned by some ukrainians and russians and it was headed for uh uh some uh, country in africa and it's suspected that like some of this stuff was either sm stolen or smuggled so this is a bunch of ammonium nitrate and ammonium nitrate is usually used for like fertilizer but it's also very 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 explosive right Wait, timothy mcveigh yeah 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 timothy yeah. mcveigh used ammonium nitrate to make his bombs. Oh, right. Oh, so, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's stuff. And this was tons of it. This was like 2000, over 2,700 tons, metric tons of ammonium nitrate. Like this was insane. Like, right? like a fertilizer bomb, right? Exactly. 
Exactly. So, so actually we don't even know if that's like, we know that's how much was on the ship. Right. But you know, I'll get it. I'll get to it later. Right. Like we probably suspect that some of it was like smuggled out of there. Right. So, and that kind of goes in with the corruption, like, Oh, maybe someone was like, you know, lying in their pockets, letting some of the ammonium nitrate get smuggled out. You know, can I ask you some so, questions about it? Like it was, it was being moved around as fertilizer, right? This was going to Africa as fertilizer, right? Like that's, that's right. So I think that really matters. I mean, it's ammonium nitrate. It's ammonium nitrate. And usually that's used for fertilizer. That's right? my guess too. Right. Like, so I think people maybe who don't understand um like neoliberal politics don't understand fertilizer itself has like a very long and intense political history right particularly how it moves toward to you know devastated parts of the world specifically to africa right like um right. the west selling fertilizer to africa has like a major political impact um and also fertilizer ingredients move out of colonized places to the west right we colonized a lot of places early on to get fertilizer ingredients, right? Going back to like literal, just like um, Galapagos or whatever. Um, so this is like an extremely political ingredient that also happens to be like a bomb, a terrorism bomb ingredient. Thank you so much, Ricky. You're absolutely right. I learned about this from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, <laughs> when they were uh, trying to frame someone uh, for being a terrorist by planting uh, fertilizer in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, good. Classic move. But yeah, so anyways, like this ship tries to dock in Greece. Greece is like, no, nah, you're not docking here because that's too dangerous. So they try and dock in Lebanon. Lebanon's like, okay. Was this, was this dock uh, like privately? Like No, this is a Lebanese government. Like the customs controls, the customs uh, agency, or not the customs agency, but like the customs department or whatever they call it, like, they yeah. control the docks. So this is um, state yeah. fuck up. Okay. This is a big state fuck up. 100%. Um, so although also it's it, kind it gets, of just letting it, private industry walk all over the state is what they did. So, yeah, I mean like what had happened was, so it gets, it docks there. Right. And basically like, uh, they don't have the money to dock or something like that. And, or, it's suspected that they're stealing goods and the Lebanese government takes like the crew hostage, like, Oh, Hey, you like private company, you have to uh, get this stock out of here. You got to like pay the expenses to get this stock out of here. They don't do that. They release the workers anyways. And, um, what had happened was it just stays on the dock for like, fucking six to seven years like since 2013 yeah oh, that sounds like something so, i would do honestly just like yeah like about all this just like per, like yeah like they procrastinated like getting the fucking ammonium nitrate out of the fucking like part the densest city in the country just like so right there in the middle ADD of the densest city in the country depression. <laughs> right yeah like on some bullshit so, so what you're saying is they for they had they literally had a ticking time bomb sitting there for six to seven years yes and it's funny that it, like you say that ben because like benjamin netanyahu will, who we'll be talking about later was going to the UN in 2014, like around the same time that the ammonium nitrate like got there. And he was like, Oh my God, Hezbollah has got this weapons cache at the Beirut port. They have all these weapons at the Beirut port. 
And then immediately after the explosion, you had all these like Israel lobby Twitter accounts just tweeting off about how like, oh, this is because of a Hezbollah weapons cache and blah, 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 and all that. Right. Like it was immediately politicized and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to that uh, too. But like, yeah. Um, how, how, so how did the fire start? Right. Like I was saying before, we think that, you know, probably like some of this ammonium nitrate was definitely stolen because how the fire started was they were welding the door like to get like to the ammonium nitrate because people like that suggests that because it's people were stealing it. Mm -hmm. So that's how the fire starts. Huge fucking explosion. Right. And then we have the aftermath. Then we so have they, they like, the West Wind. They exploded it trying to get it, is what you're saying. No, they exploded it trying to protect it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's, oh even, that's even funnier. That makes sense. Oh, I don't know if funny is the right no, word. No, it's not but... funny. It's fucking tragic. I mean, okay. the, the deaths are tragic, but, you know. It's... There is an irony, I suppose. I didn't realize there that it was welding that was... Yes, no, no. And I guess some fireworks got caught on fire before the ammonium nitrate did. Yeah, yeah. And you could see, like, the fireworks, like, going off, like, before the giant explosion happened, before the second, second explosion happened. Because there yeah. were two explosions. Like there were two explosions. There was the fireworks explosion, and then there was the ammonium nitrate explosion, which is so fucked up. But, yeah. So the, we have the aftermath. Everyone is like blaming Hezbollah. Um, yeah, and, a lot of Western media is like saying that this is Hezbollah's fault. Why are they saying that? Well, let me get into it. All right. So Please. now this is going to be kind of tough because I have to kind of like explain some Lebanese political parties to you. I guess like the most important ones are like. Um, you know, the Maronites, the, the liberal Maronites, they're like these fascist, like crazy Maronites. And then there are these like liberal Maronites. So the liberal Maronites, that's headed by Michael Anun, who is currently the president of uh, uh, Lebanon. All right. So he's like a Maronite Christian. Uh, so he, that their party is allied with Hezbollah. All right. So like... Basically, Hezbollah is a partner in the ruling government right now. You also have, like, the prime minister who is now the caretaking prime minister because he resigned after this. He's a Sunni, but he's not, like, you know, one of those, like, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, or Turkey Sunnis, like, who, like, act on their behalf. He's, like, one of those uh, guys who are uh, – uh, it's basically – a. He's he's part of a party called like the March 8th Alliance, which is basically a party that supports the Syrian occupation in Lebanon in defense of like uh, Israeli aggression. Right. So. Uh, so Hassan uh, Diab, he resigned amidst all this. Uh, Michael Anun, who is the president, he's kind of the big wig. Right. He is still and he's still the president. He hasn't resigned, but basically the government has resigned. Like the government is like over and there's all these big protests. Everyone wants to just like totally like abolish the government and just like build it from scratch, which I'm totally like for. And, you know, 
uh, Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, has said, like, for months now, like, if they were to, like, abolish the sectarian system and have just, like, a, pop, a popular vote democracy, you know, like, he would be okay with that. So, um, you know, it just, like, to- total crazy, you know, aftermath, right? You have the customs director, uh, Bedri Daher, right? He's arrested. The cut, like, you know, you have 25 officials arrested, probably more to come. 200 people dead. It's just a tragedy. It's just a tragedy, right? And so why does this stuff happen? Well, this stuff happens because, right, Lebanon is a place for, like, the West and, you know, just, like, capital interests in general to, like, exploit it, right? So, you know, when a ship full of ammonium nitrate can't get to its destination because it doesn't have any money anymore, uh, that stuff is smuggled out in Lebanon, not Greece, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on here, right? And we don't know, like, who is we we're, it's still under investigation people are getting arrested but you know like we still do not know like the whole case around this right and this is like i said before like this cookie cutter government is exactly what they want to do in syria it's exactly what they, honestly is what they want to do in fucking china matter of fact mm-hmm. but anyways but all right so i guess now it's time to talk about you know actual u.s foreign policy uh, I get. I guess I should say first, right? It's really. Fu- it makes me very embarrassing to be a fucking Arab Christian, where like all these Lebanese Christians are like, "Oh, thank God, Emmanuel." I just want Emmanuel Macron to make us a fucking uh, uh, directorate again, or like whatever. I'm just like, oh my fucking god, yeah. just shut the fuck up. Yeah, like just like total total bullshit. Like Emmanuel Macron is like really like trying to reassert his like. Uh, you know, bona fides as like a world leader by trying to like save Lebanon. It's just like fucking nauseating. But um, Lebanon was officially or unofficially a French colony. Was it called? It I know was, like, um, I think that like uh, uh, after World mm. War One, it was a um, it was French. Mm-hmm. It was French. A mandate. It was yeah. a French mandate. I don't really remember yeah. how they did it, but um, that's why they sort of speak French there, right? Yeah. No. One. Yeah, that is why they speak French there. That's one hundred percent it. Also, in Mali. Yeah, Mali was yep. very much a colony, but I couldn't remember. So France, France didn't have a lot of relative power in the Middle East, right? Just mostly in North Africa. Um, so I was always, I was never quite sure what it looked like on the ground for Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon was France like was one very of, at home in in Africa. Right, well. yeah, yeah. Britain definitely like got the lion's share of the Near East. That's one hundred percent true. I'm reading about that in Leb or uh I'm reading about that in uh Orientalism right mm-hmm. now. Um but yeah, so now it's time to about talk about actual US foreign policy. So Donald Trump kinda actually did a thing. Um, did a big thing. This is actually a big thing. (laughs) So Um, I did a thing. He did a thing. Um, he negotiated a deal between Israel and the UAE. Hilarious that his name is attached to this, by the way, just so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, like Israel and the UAE, they've kind of been working with each other for a long time. Now they're normalizing relations officially. 
Um, this is this is a pretty big deal, right? The only other Arab countries that recognize and have normalization with Israel are Jordan and Egypt. So this is like a big deal, right? And also, you know, Saudi Arabia is allowing flights from the UAE to Tel Aviv through like Saudi airspace. So it's like, it's down the line that Saudi Arabia is going to normalize is relation with Israel too. Right. So this, this, like I was saying, right, like Israel, the UAE, they've been working together for a long time in this access with Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia and UAE, they've been partnering with, you know, uh, the war in Yemen. You know, UAE is very, has been very genocidal in the war in Yemen, just like Saudi Arabia has been. And, and you know, also, we've been involved in that too, yeah. Right, right. And we've been involved in that too, 100%. And um, so, so, you know, something that's very interesting about like Israel and the UAE that concerns like, you know, American politics is that uh, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Israel work, to work together to like put up this blockade on Qatar. And, uh, you know, like basically just like Qatar is like just too friendly with Iran. And they in Saudi Arabia and the UAE are like, no, you can't be that friendly with Iran. Stop that. So Al Jazeera is like a Qatari state funded media conglomerate. And one of the things that Al Jazeera had been doing was that they were doing this documentary series on the Israel lobby in not just the UK, but the United States. And wait, is that was, the one that you guys were watching? Yes. What is the name of this? Because I haven't watched the it lobby. yet. Okay, okay. It sounds well, really oh, good. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Is that the one is that the one that they were talking about uh on True and On? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. So there's a UK version and there's a United States version. There is incredible, incredible stuff on both of these documentaries. Electronic Intifada had to leak had to leak the US lobby documentary series because because of this like pressure that's been put on Qatar uh, uh, via the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Israel, um, they were like, all right, well, we'll release some of this pressure if you don't release this documentary. And they didn't. The Qatari government censored the, is, the Israel lobby documentary in the United States for national security reasons, I'm doing air quotes, mm -hmm. national security reasons, right? So like these governments have been like working together for a long time. This is like, yes, it's like pretty important. It's historic, but also it's like kind of a fucking joke, right? Like one of like, changing their Facebook relationships. That, yeah, that's what I had said. That's my joke. That's, <laughs> but yeah, they changed their fucking, all they did was make it Facebook official. Orms, dude. They just made it Facebook official. They had been texting and they had been talking and hanging out for a while now. Um, and everybody who's friends with them knows that. And everybody like, you're just not like in. All right. Uh -huh. So yeah. Anyways. Right. So it's just like pretty insane, right? Like that, you know, it's 18 premier, 18 premier starts out with this idea that, all right, Hegel says history repeats itself, but he's wrong. It's not just that history repeats itself. 
It's that the first time is a tragedy and the second time is a farce. Anwar Sadat, Anwar Sadat is the tragedy. UAE is the farce. Anwar Sadat was the tragedy of Palestinian nationalism and pan-Arabism and left pan-Arabism in general. Anwar Sadat recognizing Israel, that was the tragedy. And the UAE recognizing Israel this time and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu saying in English that, oh, I'm not going to annex the West Bank anymore now that I have this agreement with the UAE. While in Hebrew, he's going, hell yeah, I'm going to annex the West Bank. Fuck I look like. And then just like, it's just fucking bullshit, man. It's just fucking bullshit, man. I'm just like, it's a fucking farce. It's bullshit. Israel doesn't have a fucking future. No apartheid state has a future. It's going to fucking end at one point. There's going to be a fucking one state with equal rights for all between the Jordan and the Mediterranean. All right. Rant over. Anyone, anyone have any questions? I actually have a lot of questions about other actors in this, but I want to save them for future FOPO corners. I have a lot of questions about like the U S left in Iran. So I feel like that would be something we could talk about in the future because I feel like someone is always telling me that I'm being duped when it comes to Iran or something. And I want to know what the truth is. Right. Um, kind of like with Turkey where we kind of like know what's going on. Um, but I feel like, um, well, on Twitter, there's always people being like the left just loves. And then you like insert some like authoritarian government, government figure right in the East. But now that's like becoming a really big thing with Iran again, that they're just accusing leftists of being like soft on authoritarians or whatever. So I think we should talk about Iran in a future week because I feel like that's rising probably related to what you just told us. Right. Which is that, um, the U S does not want to, us to see the type of government that Iran has as a peaceful one. Right. Okay. In terms of like, you know, like the situation that, you know, Lebanon is in, right. Like, um, and the, the resistance to United States imperialism in the United States as a whole, what's the axis of resistance to United States imperialism? It's Hezbollah, it's Iran, it's Syria. That's the access. And, you know, so what you have there is, right, like you have Hezbollah, who's part, the only way that they can maintain themselves, right, is joining the government and making a deal with the devil, which is like, basically what I would call like the Democratic Party, like, right, like, Alun's party, like the Maronite Christian party in the liberal Maronite Christian party in Lebanon is kind of like the Democrats in a way, right? It fucking sucks, but they're better than the alternative. And that's the only government that you're going to form, right? So Hezbollah is kind of like forced, right? To join the government and really like fuck themselves up in terms of like, you know, the resistance wise, right? Because no longer are they just an organization of imperial resistance. Now they're part of the government and now they have responsibility of the state. This sounds like a lot of lessons that we could learn perhaps. Right. Exactly. And so, so, you know, like it just goes back to like, you know, like Iran, right? It's like, they're also like the Democrats in the way, right? Like they're the resistance, right? Like it's not yeah. like exactly what we'd like. And there are reasons for that. The CIA literally chose the Islamic 
uh, 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 faction of the revolution instead of the leftists, right? And they pushed them to power during the revolution. Like, yeah. that was, like, a yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I mean, it's I like, think, yeah. yeah, so it's like, you know, like, that's kind of like, this, and, and fucking, like, Hezbollah and Hamas, I think, were made by Israel to start off with. So right, right, right. You know, okay. so it's like, you know, that's that's the fucking difficulty that we're in right now. You know, like what we need, like, inter and, and this is why I like to do these, because if we really want to understand the region and we really want to, like, make things better, we need to have an internationalist and uh, 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 com or, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, like, or collaborative, collaborative effort with like you know our comrades across the globe and like the only way we can do that is if we understand the region and we know what's going on there yeah and i mean yeah. i think the the main reason that we can't do that well first of all americans including the american left struggle with understanding what a comrade is in, on the ground here we struggle with doing that here right, right. but we certainly i feel like the it's very difficult to understand what that looks like in the Middle East because of literal just like propaganda, right? Like Western propaganda wants us to not see certain people as our comrades and wants us to understand the opposite, right? This is textbook case of this is in Israel, right? Um, where they do everything that they can to um, make, to invent this um, like middle-class Israeli victim who we're supposed to identify with on the ground here um, and make it impossible for us to see Palestinians as our comrades or whatever, really understand, right. What the working class looks like in the middle East. Perhaps Alex's football corner is helping to untangle some of that. Some of those ops. I really hope that some of you guys like appreciate this. I know that like some of my fellow hosts don't appreciate this, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like some of the listeners like appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, Alex met my a good friend. I'm going to just shout her out on the pod. I have a good friend. Uh, he, Alex met her on one of my Zoom parties. Um, and she's like a hot girl, but she's like really interested in learning about um, radicalism in the Middle East. Um, and she's listening to us right now. Um, like the, the perfect spot. This is like the mythical, like red scare listener kind of figure hot girl. Who's really interested in radicalizing and going to fight in Syria or something. That's, that's my girl, Ginny. So shout out to Ginny. Shout out She's going to kill me. Cause I just called her like a revolutionary insurgent on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up and I look forward to the next football corner, Alex. Um, I guess, uh, to I hope I did a better job. Honestly, like some of these, la like I did a little bit more like preparation with this uh -huh. popo mm -hmm. and I feel like I did a lot better. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned also, 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 I don't know why it is, but sometimes I say like all the time on the podcast and sometimes I don't. And this is one of the times I didn't, which was dope. Mm. <laughs> it is. It is very dope. It's very dope. Keep up the good work, Alex. Uh, well, thank you. thank, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. Um, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple podcasts, stitchers, Spotify, Google play, wherever else you get podcasts. You can like us on Facebook at state of the revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at S O T R pod. You can email us at S O T R pod at gmail.com. Uh, are we live streaming on Sunday? I think we might be live streaming. I'm, totally, I'm down. Um, I'm down. We didn't do one last week. We did oh, not do one last week because we were busy 
working on a different project that we've actually been working on since May, and hopefully we can have it finished and released for you guys uh, sometime next month. Do a plug, Ben. Tell, no, no, tell, no, 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 He's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. Keep them, keep ready. them wondering. Keep them wondering. Yeah. We're keeping this under wraps. Ben's got big shit coming. We got, big we shit. got something special for you guys. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. You're going to love it. Uh, yeah, we've, we've been working on it for a few months now and hopefully it'll be ready, uh, uh, sometime next month. Uh, but we'll see. So once again, thanks for listening and, uh, we'll see y'all on Sunday at 8 PM on our live stream, uh, which you can find on our Facebook page or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash state of the revolution. So thanks everyone. Uh, bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.